The Cinema Limbo podcast is part of Podnose, the UK's leading independent entertainment podcasting network. For episode archives of Cinema Limbo and all of the shows on the network, visit us at www.podnose.com. You can also follow us on Twitter via at Podnose or send us an email via admin at podnose.com. We've all heard stories of the dangers that can come from the sea. Tales of fearsome monsters and bizarre horrors that emerge from the depths in search of flesh. But not all are such nightmares. What if one of these monsters had the soul an equal of a man? And what would that man do if they came into conflict? My name is Jeremy Phillips, writer, critic and petrol pump, and you are entering Cinema Limbo, the way station for underappreciated films. Tonight's presentation is Orca, the 1977 nature thriller directed by Michael Anderson and starring Richard Harris, Charlotte Rampling, Bo Derrick and Will Sampson. My guest is fellow podcaster Ed Bloomer and you join us in the back room of a Newfoundland tavern. Hi Ed. Hello, how's it going? I'm alright, thank you. I've uh, decamped to my new headquarters. Okay, good. Um, And uh, with... Tonight's uh, presentation in mind, I might be uh, dicing with death somewhat because I now live on an island. Well, I mean, they can get you anywhere. I think. I think this this film proves that. I mean, even if you were a thousand miles inland, the orcas are smart enough to find you. Yeah, I mean, there are points in the film where you expect them to burst into the room carrying a gun. Yeah, I mean, straight up, I'm going to say, I was not keen on this film. I did not, uh, did not enjoy it so much. So, what can you tell me about uh, Jaws? About Jaws? Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, should we compare the two things? Is I mean, is there any way in which this film is going to come off as uh, flattered by that in any sense? I'm not sure. Well, this film has a poor reputation. I mean, I, I chose the film because it's famous as being a Jaws knockoff. Right. Um, producer Dino De Laurentiis, uh, legendary master of uh, second-rate sludge, um, phoned up one of his writers, Luciano Vincenzo, who had written a number of films with um, Sergio Leone. He'd co-written Good, the Bad and the Ugly and Once Upon a Time, uh, The Revolution. And he said... Uh, you you see you see Jaws. Go and find me a fish more deadly than a great white shark. We make a film about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Vincenzo went off and did his research, and he found that uh, orcas, killer whales, are much more intelligent than he expected. I mean, the shark is is as the film describes. It's just a machine that eats things. Yes, but I think yeah. I mean, it's it's tricky though, right? Uh, and and obviously there's a there's a whole sort of legacy about about what Jaws did to the image of uh, sharks, uh, and you know even Spielberg has has you know said that he regrets the the way that that sort of played out, and um, uh, the, there's all sorts of issues there. Uh, but I think fundamentally orcas are not as cool. That's I mean that's it, isn't it? I mean even just well, the, the look of them, the the you know. 
for, put, put the put the film aside for a moment. The 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 whale itself is not as cool. It's not as mysterious. It's not as interesting. I don't think it, intelligent, sure, but but the intelligence is where the interesting part lies because this could just have been a warmed over Jaws knockoff, as I was expecting, and as it was generally treated at the time. But I think it's actually a lot more interesting. I think it's much darker and more character based than Jaws. It's not really interested in being a thriller it's more a a tragic horror story i agree with you in theory or at least there's the germ of that idea i think in execution oh not so good i would say so i think i think there are elements to it but it's undone by well actually even before we get to that i would say they're setting themselves a very, very difficult task, right? In the era before, you know, even kind of quasi-realistic CGI or anything, doing something while you're trying to film, you're trying to film underwater, you're trying to film uh, orcas um, kind of in captivity and in the wild, you're trying to have a, a prop that doesn't look kind of mad. Um, like, that. that's a real challenge, right? I, th- I think... To, to have achieved any of that at all, uh, to any extent, is pretty good. That doesn't make it actually good, is, is what I'm going to say, though. Um, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know, it's just, it's it, kudos for trying, but it, I think it just didn't come together. Have you seen any of uh, director Michael Anderson's other films? I can't say that I have. Not uh, not that I know. Uh, the Dam Busters. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, the 1950s film version of 1984. Right. The Best Picture winning version of Around the World in 80 Days. So. And his previous film, prior to this, was Logan's Run. Oh, that's good. I like Logan's Run. So Let's was, talk about Logan's com- Run instead. He was coming off a fairly substantial hit. So was was this a was this do you think just a cash thing? I mean, was or, or okay, you're going to spend a lot of time on it, so I guess you have to sort of believe in the project and, uh, to some extent. But I I I don't know what about it. I think he maybe he was attracted to the idea that this is almost like a, a like the kind of thing that Sergio Leone might have done. It's about men out in the wilderness. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a struggle against nature. It's a lot of it's quite pared back, um, and the fact that it's it's not simply a Jaws knockoff. It is. Tr- I mean, your knowledge that it is trying to do something different, even if you don't think it succeeds. It is actually aiming for something more complicated. Yes. Um, yes. I just think it doesn't. When you're talking about things being pared back, um, I I just don't think it has any of the. I don't know, it just doesn't connect. It's paired back in the extent there that I can't really remember what any of the characters are called. Um, especially the sort of supporting characters. Because it doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter in any way. Um, and and so there's nothing... I mean, I know, it's, I know it's a bit lazy to sort of fall back on, the, on, on cool 
uh, as the way of describing it. But there's, there doesn't seem to be anything. There's nothing interesting about that peeling back. It's just there's not stuff there. You know. I think it's it's the the setting is um, interesting. I think it's having it in this remote fishing village in uh, Canada is an unusual setting for a horror story. I think. I, I I agree with that, and I and I agree with um, you know the main character just being Irish, and he moved for well, sort of for work, but also uh, because of his kind of tragic backstory. But I thought that was kind of interesting. It's a completely normal thing, but it, it, it he's not he's not exactly a stranger comes to town in the kind of Western sort of idea. And he's not the you know all American hero in any sense, or even anti-hero in that sense. It's quite, I, I suppose it's quite good that he is just a guy. Yeah, it makes uh, the fact that it's it's someone like Richard Harris, a character actor, not a star type, mm. um, makes it more engaging. I mean, he was a big name at the time. He'd done all manner of you know, major film projects, but he wasn't a leading man type. Because, I mean, I mean, look at him. Well, yeah, I mean, but I suppose in the in the other way, he, it, it's it's not so good at portraying. I know I'm just I'm just focusing on the negatives here, but you know, it's it, it's not so good at putting him in a position of being sort of an ordinary put upon person because um, it's got that thing where he he. Um, I guess, you know, he acknowledges uh, after the fact that he makes a mistake going about the way of trying to capture the orca uh, at the start, the way he does, and that causes problems. Uh, I mean, slightly sort of ridiculous revenge problems. But there is an acknowledgement there, and he sort of tries to fix it. And actually, you know, to be fair to it, there's quite a few bits where he tries to learn more or change the way he does things. Or, you know, he's... You know, it takes a long while for him to eventually accept that he has to go and try and hunt this thing. You know, he does try and get away from that. But I think when you compare it to something like Jaws, where the narrative is kind of different, you do have this put-upon person and he understands the danger and there's other humans that sort of stand in his way to go and fix it. And then there's a kind of man-versus-beast battle. Whereas... In, in Orca, he tries to go away for a bit. I mean, that is. I mean, the thing is, it's a completely sensible approach to it. Where he goes, well, okay, I'm not. I'm just not going to push this anymore. I'm going to do something else. Uh, well, that doesn't really work because you've got this Orca that can um, destroy boats from below and it can uh, <laughs> blow up, blow up fuel depots. Yeah, and blow up fuel depots. Um, yeah, it's uh, th- there's a mismatch there. I think. But uh, you say that uh, has, there's a man versus beast conflict, and and yeah, in, in Jaws, absolutely. But the thing that I like is with Orca is the Orca is is never portrayed as just a beast; it's an animal. But its trauma is repeatedly compared to Nolan's past trauma. The reveal that his wife and unborn child were killed in a car accident by a drunk driver. Yes. And he draws a parallel between... He he is the orca's drunk driver. He's responsible for the death of the orca's partner and unborn calf. Yes. And that's... 
the, the way then that he he sees himself from the opposite view, and the fact that as you say, he he goes to the story and deliberately goes to educate himself. He he starts knowing nothing about orcas, and goes and reads about them and studies about them. Says, oh right, so capturing one and selling it to a uh, uh, an oceanographic institute. So that's a really good idea because I've gone off and done the work. Mm-hmm. And he's someone who is, I mean, his job is maybe a bit reprehensible, but you can't deny he's actually trying to do it in the most reasonable way he can. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. I, I think it's that you're introduced to the crew, you know, they're already up and running at that first point. Capturing sharks. Well, well, so you, so or you, trying to capture sharks. Okay, so you've got you've got the situation where where, yeah, I mean, it completely makes sense, I guess, from a storytelling point of view. They're trying to show, uh, you know, you think you think sharks are dangerous. Well, here comes the orca, and then you've got the introduction of Nolan and and, and the crew, and they're trying to capture um, the orca, and um, th- that kind of all makes sense. But it means you don't get this idea that, you know, because it, it does get mentioned at, at one point, you know, like that this is a bunch and they have to pay off the mortgage on the boat, otherwise, you know, they won't eat. Or, and, or you know, like the island is uh, poor or, I'm not suggesting it's poor, but, you know, that that could be a way in. Yeah, where, it's, where it's working cl- it's working class. I mean, no one on the island, I mean, it's not even on well, island, well, actually. Well, okay, well... But, the um, fishermen, maybe, but it's you know everyone. Everyone's working class. Everyone's blue collar. Well, but as long I, as there's work, then no one's gonna go hungry. But they need the, they need the fish there. They that, need to actually. That's true. That's true in terms yeah. of the fishermen, perhaps. But um, but then you've got the university professor. You know, right there in the beginning. So there's this kind of uh, from from beginning. There's just a kind of mix where it's not. It's not like the the fishing village is a you know a character uh, as such. There's a sort of attempt to then back into that as things start to go wrong, and he has the encounter with the I don't know the chief. <laughs> I mean, is he the harbour master? Is he the chief fisherman? Like, is he just he's the, like the head? Is that the head of the local union or something? Something like that. Yeah. So, Al Swain. Yeah. So it's it's kind of. It's like the pieces of the puzzle are there, but they get revealed at slightly odd times. And I, I like the way that the, the the fishermen are characterized in that they are menacing and threatening to the other characters, but they also have a really good reason why, which is because of Nolan's behavior, their livelihood is being destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's strong motivations, but... I think it's it, it's a it's it's a very it's a it's a huge grey area. There are no ho- wholly good characters, I think, in the whole film. No, and that's no true. One, no one no one does anything bad or evil. Th- bad things happen because of misunderstanding, because of lack of knowledge. Nolan wasn't trying to ki- to kill anything. He was trying to capture mm-hmm. um, the orca. And it just all went horribly wrong because he wasn't as educated as he thought he was, and then everything just spirals out of control through anger and revenge and fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I agree with that. I, I I think the problem is 
with all that said, I think that the, the difficulty is that um, is that it's nonsense. <laughs> the stuff about the orca is kind of just this nonsense thing, where the orca, as you say, blows up fuel depots and um, you know looks looks Nolan in the eye and sort of records that and is like, I'm gonna, I've got some plans because you know I'm not sure what they knew about orcas at the time the film was made. But it, it it definitely has that sort of almost sort of science fictiony thing, where you kind of go, oh well, I I don't know. There's a, there's a very kind of Hollywood esque thing where you sort of, you, you take a fact and then you just spin it out into something, uh, you know, completely different and and use that to 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 kind of govern the behaviour of well in, in this case I, I guess a character you would say, but uh, I sorry I have to I did it's it comes really pretty quickly on. Right, but I had to write it down because I thought it was so funny at the start. So um, we have our, our university uh, lecturer lecturing quite a big class of, I guess, marine biologists. I don't know how big the island is or how big the... But anyway, there's a, there's a full class of them. That's good. Or maybe they're just interested and they're going to a lecture. But she's talking about orcas and, uh, and she has the dialogue. As parents, they are exemplary better than most humans. And like most humans, they have a profound instinct for vengeance. And the cadence isn't quite the same as I've just done it, but that's that's the way that that gets read out. <laughs> I just thought, wait a minute, do, do most humans have a profound instinct for vengeance? Well, this orca does. And it's going to display that over the next... I, I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest, I had to watch it in sections, so I can't even remember how long the film is. It felt like quite a long film. It's an hour and thirty-two minutes. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it felt longer it, than that. It's one. It's one of the shortest films I've done on this podcast. Oh my goodness! Um, oof. Well, that's something else I liked about it. I mean, it's it's there's there's no fat on it. I, I mean, it packs a fair amount in, but yeah, I it's think half an hour shorter than Jaws. But I think with another reason, it's better. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 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 over and done with quicker, but I just think um, you know, there's there's, as I say, I genuinely cannot remember the name of most of the characters, um, but certainly the crew, Ken, uh, which one's Ken? See the one that uh, gets. He, he's the one who nearly gets eaten by the shark at the beginning, and then actually gets eaten by the orca later on. All right, that was that's, he's fine. He's uh, he's all right. He's he's the. Um, I mean that's okay because that's sort of establishing because he's the kind of salty sea dog that you know you know kn- knows what he's about and everything like that and he gets got and therefore it's a real threat right now that was Novak Novak's the old sea dog who dies oh, okay early on Ken gets uh, killed towards the end where he leans over the side of the boat and the orca jumps out of the uh, water and uh, snips his head off oh <laughs> wait a minute is he Okay, yeah, sorry, I remember that, but there's also... Oh, no, hold on, I'm getting confused, because there's, there's also someone sort of towards the end, and is he just, like, an intern? or like? Yeah, that's him. Is that... Okay. Is he not... But is he on the crew, or was he accompanying the professor? He's he's with the he's with um, Professor Bedford. Yeah, okay. But he joins the crew to track down the orca later in the film, yeah, but because I, the rest of Nolan's crew have been killed by the orca. Yes. But am I correct in that there's no introductory dialogue to explain that? He he is just there. 
at one point. Yeah, they're just they're just there doing their study. Yeah. Okay. So, so well, that's a that's a shame for him uh, because he's just he's writing up his master's thesis and he has to go and get some in the field experience and then yep, he leans slightly over to the side. Yeah. The, the, I mean, there's that and. I mean, I genuinely was impressed by the, you know, because it wasn't a big budget movie, and they they kind of used their money well. And as I say, I I think such a difficult task to try and put on something like this, to create something like this, when you know you're going to be either filming rubber models, or you're going to be trying to do underwater photography, or you're going to have to film orcas. Uh, in captivity and try and disguise the fact that they're in a pool I mean it's tricky stuff um, I'm not sure I would have bothered so if it's up to you you would not have made the film um, as I say I mean I, I mean, I think you are right there are lots of elements there that, that, that potentially make for an interesting film and it just doesn't it's like it's like a tune played out of time or something. It just doesn't quite work. Do you think that uh, the film is trying to adopt an animal rights type uh, position? It's kind of interesting because it it kind of flip flops between this thing is basically a demon, and everybody should be afraid of it because it's got a brain that you know we don't know enough about, it, and therefore we must have we must assume that it's um, capable of human-like vengeance um and and then there's the kind of the the kind of trauma aspect of it in terms of the character stuff which i think uh well you you've got that and then there then there probably is a bit of an animal rights thing but i i think it's, it's quite hard to merge all of that stuff together i think so I, I, you know um i i mean another thing is i would say because I double checked it, the, the intro is four minutes long. There's four minutes of music and orcas moving through the water. Yeah, suspense. It, but, but it's not suspense. It's like a weird music video. But it, it, it yeah, it's four minutes of a of <laughs> as you say, it's about an hour and a half of the runtime. It, it's a lot. Um. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, there's there's good people in it. Uh, uh, it's Morricone uh, doing the music. Yeah. Or did I just invent that? No, it is. No, no, it it was, is. It was Morricone. Okay. You, you can see that this film is just sort of leached from my brain. Um, you know, even possibly as I was watching it. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's. Like, it wasn't dreadful. Like it wasn't like a like a really dreadful sort of um, you know schlocky monster thing. So they were going for something better than that. But Jaws, and you know you know famously the shark model thing in Jaws, you know, is dreadful. Um, but it's only on screen for a very short period of time. And 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 the, you know with Jaws, I think the excellence is, you know, there's that sense of danger and. Um, uh, you know, you don't see the shark. It's the fear of the unknown. Whereas with Orca, there's a lot of footage uh, in different lighting conditions, in different situations um, of Orcas doing stuff. 
Well, that's, uh, I, I think, to draw the parallel that uh, the orca is uh, perhaps of, of equal, on an equal level of intelligence as, as man, and that's what makes it so dangerous. It's it's not just a a monster that's swimming around and, and eats things. It, it plots and plans and schemes and uh, has ideas. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Would you find it more plausible if it was an octopus? <laughs> which are famously very intelligent very and intelligent. can even use tools well I mean there's a I mean it is interesting isn't it with, with, when you have things like this because I, I don't think I don't think there are any uh, you know sort of animal horror movies like this where it's not either um, sort of ironic or played for laughs or the animal, so to speak, isn't uh, an alien of some sort, or or, or um, I, I don't know whether it's genetic experiment or whatever that that they haven't t- tried to turn it into something else, because I think at least as far as I can tell, or I can think of, because what I, about the birds? Uh, well, the birds is is different again because there's something sort of supernatural. I think about that, not not. It's not supposed to be, but but it. There's something primal. Yes, yes, and I think it's quite difficult, or maybe maybe we've just seen enough of these movies, so we don't make them anymore. Because even if it was like a lion or a tiger or something, I think, I think the reaction your kind of gut reaction is to sort of just think, yeah, but not really. We'll just shoot that. That's fine, and then that will be done. And even if that isn't, you know, uh, so simple. Um, you know, like an octopus, like in theory, like what you're saying, like on paper, you say, well, okay, here we've got an animal that can, as you say, you know, they've seen them using tools. Um, it could be one that could uh, camouflage itself. Uh, you know, they can, for a limited period of time, crawl across land, right? So you're not even safe on land. There's a lot going in theory for an octopus to be a really, you know, good protagonist or antagonist or what have you but I think if you tried to make a killer octopus movie everyone would just go nah it's it, it's dumb whereas actually if you then made an alien movie where the alien was basically just an octopus I think people might buy into it a bit more I think that's that's where Orca works I think because it's as though they've looked at the idea of a film about a killer killer whale and decided yeah but what if we take it really seriously what if we do it as like a proper serious drama and we give proper motivation to the to the orca so it's not just a a creature that likes eating Mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. it's actually got a personality and a and a motive and we make the humans quite gray in their motives so they're they're not evil but they're not good either so try and make it a, a bit more you know alan bleasdale um, I, I I think you you could definitely do a film like that, but I think you I think you'd have but to. It's not this one. No, I I, I think you, I think you'd have to cut everything back and make everything much more constrained, uh, as in all the situations. A thing where they go out hunting for an orca, uh, they kill the mate, the other orca is taking revenge, and um, somehow it's preventing them from getting back to land. You know, so that so it's all on the boat, or uh, you know, the. Uh, you, you know, I think they have to be stuck in a much more desperate situation 
and and obviously in the film they are in a desperate situation but that is brought about by the idea of the orca being able to selectively destroy boats and sort of smash things apart so buildings fall into the water and blowing up all fuel depots and all that sort of stuff i think you could do something that was much more pared back i haven't actually seen it is it the the it's called the shallows it's the one where there's the surfer yes Blake lively and and you know and shore is only about 30 meters away but there's a shark there now i i don't know if that film's any good or not i'm afraid i haven't seen it but that's a really good setup i think because you've only got you've got a person and you've got a small bit of rock and you know safety is tantalizingly close and so it's all about what can you do in a, in a very constrained set of circumstances whereas i think being able to go in and out on the boat and go back to the island, even if it turns out the island isn't, you know, you know, particularly safe, uh, or you know, you know, but I think there's too much stuff where they can go back and he can sleep in his own bed for a bit and they can have a conversation and then you know they go for a drink on the beach and it, it, everything's too too big. There's too much space where the orca can't get to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which uh, reduces the threat. Yeah, and there's and there's too many there's too much swap around of of characters. It's not like here's a here's a a desperate crew. Um, you know, you get to know all of them, uh, and there's maybe some voices on the radio, uh, or, you know, whatever. There's kind of the crew, and the university professor, and I guess our internal PhD students or whatever at one point, and the and the other fishermen, and. Uh, um, you know the harbour master union head, chief fisherman, uh, what have you. Uh, a, a wee chat with a priest for a bit. They, like, the, there's just kind of too much there. I think it's too it's too open, and and individually none of it's bad. It's just that in combination you've got this. Uh, it, it's not like the the setting is so grand. I suppose in in one sense, but. Um, yeah, not grand, but too big in some sense. Well, it's uh, it's set in the town of uh, South Harbour in the northern tip of Nova Scotia, but it was actually filmed on Newfoundland, mm-hmm. uh, apparently only about half an hour's drive from the middle of the capital. Well, just just, just shows you what Newfoundland is like, that only 20 miles away is nothingness. <laughs> well, um I mean, there is something to it in that sense. It's quite an interesting... You, you know, the, the scenery is kind of interesting. It looks it looks different. Um, it's got... It's I find it quite... Of set, it's not the kind of setting you'd normally see in a horror film. No. But I think then you've got to really think very carefully about that. Because if you're going to do something where, you know, it's open skies and open sea... Um, you know, it's it's um, it, it's it's that's that's tricky, and I think, as I say, I, I don't think it came off. It's it's like that thing, wasn't it? In in sort of sunshine. Okay, it's a science fiction film, but the idea, you know, Danny Boyle was sort of suggesting there's an idea of like trying to play with the idea of like a horror, but where there's too much light instead of everything being very dark. You know, so you can you can play with that sort of thing. For sure, but I think in this case, um, though the, though the scenery is interesting to look at, it 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 does make you think. Oh, why doesn't he just? And 
the script has to engineer a situation where this isn't possible, but and just get in a boat and just drive the other direction. Just go somewhere else for a bit. But I would say the the reason for that is characterization. That for Nolan, the orca menacing the coast or being just simply being around the coast is representative of his guilt and the painful memories of the death of his family. Yeah. And if he were to leave, that guilt will never leave him. It will simply be not physically present. It will just be in his mind. Yeah. I mean, as I say, I think I think there's definitely elements um, that were good about this. But just in, in total, uh, not, not so sure. Well, uh, having uh, investigated... Um, the uh, practicalities of capturing orcas. Nolan and his crew try, and they they hook what they think is a a male, but it turns out to be a female mm-hmm. who's pregnant and miscarries on board. And the captain hoses the dead whale fetus off the side as the orca, the male orca, screams while watching. Yeah, and it's it's a really gruesome grim tone I think I mean it's like the film is going out of its way I think to avoid being anything like Jaws because it has this this winter setting it has there's no young people really there's no teenagers or Mm -hmm. children anywhere in the film Um, the the grim downbeat tone all of it seems very much to say, no, we're not ripping off Jaws. We're doing something else. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I don't disagree. I, think. Um, I mean, it's got Bo Derek in it, and she keeps all her clothes on. I mean... Yeah, she's just sort of there in the... I mean, she gets her leg bitten off. Um, but, you know, she survives, doesn't she? I think. She's got a leg bitten off, uh, but she... Yeah, she's, yeah, she's uh, going to find it harder to count to 20, but... And another, the um, the orca. I've, I've written a note. Or the orca is a serial killer. If you imagine that the same story, but uh, the orca was human. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that that if you dwell on that for any moment of time, it, it just makes it more absurd. Because I think it's only more absurd if you go the other way. Like saying, well, what if we made remade Halloween? But we turned Michael Myers into an octopus. Um, that would also He's got eight knives. That would also be absurd, I suppose. But yeah, it's um, yeah. I was only saying recently that you know, Plan Nine from Outer Space, for all its terrible execution and awful production, does have at its core a very good idea for a story. Uh, I haven't seen Plan Nine. Actually, it's, a, it's oh, it's a, it's about aliens who are concerned about the advancement of human progress, and they're worried that we're going to develop a bomb that can detonate sunlight. So they decide to fire electrodes into graveyards and resurrect the dead, hoping that they'll become an army to, to take over the Earth and destroy humanity. Right, I did. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. Um... There might be a few problems with that, but it, Alien, I mean, I mean, aliens, cre- aliens creating an army of zombies to destroy the world, okay. or or using an army of, of zombies to 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 take over the world as a ready-made fighting force. Yeah, I think that is quite good, actually. That's not yeah. not too bad. Um, 
Yeah, it's a uh, plan nine had all, it had always been in the back of my head that that was a, a sort of a, a pretty big hole in my um, cinema experience or my my movie experience. But I think maybe it is surprisingly entertaining. Okay, I mean, th- th- there's just it's full of such weird bits. There's like one point where someone's there's a police officer and he's holding his gun with his finger inside the trigger guard and then just scratches his head with the end of the barrel. Well. I mean, obviously, it's not a real gun. Yeah, but <laughs> so, yeah, um, but okay. But so, so yeah, you're having more fun discussing this other movie than Orca. That's because the other movie is fun and Orca is sad. <laughs> it, I guess it is, but I think it's, it's, um, it's either it's not sad enough or not bleak enough or not. It's not committed to one thing or the other. It commits to a tone. Um, I'd say it absolutely commits to a tone. Does it? I think. Yeah. There's no funny stuff. Oh, no. Well, that's that's certainly true. Jaws, I mean, Jaws fluctuates, and it works in Jaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's supposed to, you know, there's supposed to be funny stuff and suspenseful stuff, and it ends triumphantly, and there's happy music at the end. And here it's just sad music as, oh, yeah, but, you know, one person has survived this whole carnage. Yes. And, and she's probably going to be traumatised for the rest of her life. I mean, that helicopter got to her pretty quickly. Well, it was only a little boat. They hadn't gone that far. I suppose so. Um, I mean, they were probably getting close to, you know, some sort of naval base or something and flew from there. I mean, who knows? Yeah, well, they they, radio, they did radio her for help. but They do. Um, I just... Sorry, now I keep having flashbacks to the bit where they're having this sort of penultimate battle. And it's obviously... <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you need to have an outdoor water tank and then the ice has to sort of surround the tank so that you can't see the horizon. <laughs> it's pretty... I mean, that's pretty good. That's, um, Richard uh, Harris did all his own stunts. Uh, yes, well, he was going through a pretty bad time with his wife. Oh, yeah, you read time. that too. Yeah. Yeah he, yeah, he read that his wife was apparently uh, seeing another man. So he decided that he was going to immediately walk off the set, uh, fly to Los Angeles, drive to Malibu, and kill both of them. Yeah. And he he was dissuaded from this by getting into a fist fight with the screenwriter. Yeah, that's some pretty. I mean, that's that's some old school movie stuff. I mean, that's that's proper classic Hellraiser. Yeah. Uh, Behavior, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you never heard you never heard about Oliver Reed doing any kind of that nonsense. No, he was. Um, he didn't go around planning to murder people. Mm-hmm. Um, are we sure he didn't just want to get off this movie, though? Are you sure? He apparently was very proud. Yes, of it. apparently so. Yeah, apparently he, he 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 certainly didn't like any comparison with Jaws. Although, although I suppose you wouldn't, would you? Um, no, because it's this film wouldn't exist without Jaws having been a huge success. But it's it's very different, yeah. And I think it 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 justifies its existence because it's looked at Jaws and said, "Well, okay, man versus sea creature, done well is is very successful. Mm-hmm. Why don't we try something like that? But we'll do our own thing. We'll do something that's different. We'll do something that's darker and more serious and more character based with a very different setting, so people don't think that we're ripping them off. Because there are a lot of Italian Jaws ripoffs." Right, hundreds of them. Wow. Okay. And it, uh, there's a there's a video I'll link to, 
which is a compendium of all the 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 great Jaws ripoffs. There's one called Cruel Jaws, and okay. all all these, you know, and they're all Italian. Well, Italians. Well, Italy's got a big coastline, right? Maybe sharks are a big. Well, that's true. Beer. But yeah, but I don't think they get sharks in the Mediterranean. Well, that's what the sharks want you to think. <laughs> sharks, <laughs> see, that's my thing. Sharks aren't that clever. You put food in one end and poo comes out of the other, and that's all they do. That's that's all they need. That's all they need. Yeah, but killer whales need companionship and families and um, hobbies. Well, I mean, I mean. I mean, killer whales are are baddies. They, you know, they they play with dolphins uh, and they play with them um, uh, seals in a kind of horrific thing. They sort of play volleyball with them. Well, they are animals. Well, yeah, but I mean, and they don't they don't play volleyball. They don't know how to make a net. They don't even know the rules. Wow, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Okay, but there's, I mean, they do toss them around though. You're right. Yeah, I have seen it's that. It's not great, but. I don't know. I saw a seal near here, actually, where I am now. Was... Bobbing about in the sea. In the sea, obviously. Not in Sainsbury's. Could you make a killer seal film? They're too small. Yeah, but they can go on land, can't they? Yeah, but they're not very They're not very gainly. Yeah, but they're, qu- saw... they're quite cute. You would go over for a wee look, wouldn't you? And then they'd get you. I mean, I saw a cat slap a seal. Um... And, I mean that uh, sounds like a, a very odd night out, but um, yeah. Could you okay? Could you make a killer whale movie? Uh, could you make it good? I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I, I was just. I, I, what would the killer whale be doing? I don't know. I. Well, I mean, I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm thinking is, that it's quite hard to point to any individual bit which lets it down. That's that's unfair, right? Because budget constraints and you know the cinema techniques and whatever of the day, um, you know, model making and all that sort of stuff, um, and filming on location, all that sort of stuff is is fair if it doesn't, uh, you know, do anything you know hugely impressive. So for me, I think it is the script, then, because it's not like there's terrible acting or anything like that. I think it's. Uh, and, he, and even within the script I think it, it's just a case of it doesn't commit to the right thing I think it ties itself in knots such that you you then have to have the killer whale remember everybody and um, you know pursue them relentlessly and get to the stage where it's blowing up fuel depots can't, can't, you can't say that enough times that that's what happens in this film Perhaps if if it was set up more prominently, that the the killer whale could somehow learn that doing that will have the consequences that it wants. In um, the same way that in the same way that a rat learns to press a button and then a food pellet comes out. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe. I mean, I mean, I I definitely think I would have them start out of sea. Out at sea, big upon. They try and capture a mate that dies. They are counting on getting back to the 
the refueling station that they talk about uh, right towards the end of the film. But the killer whale has, in a rage, destroyed that. So now they realise they don't have enough fuel. You know, so you can have things go, you know, go from them where they try and, you know, reduce the weight of the boat, um, but that you know, has its own risks. Or they try for somewhere else, or they try and collect something in a canoe. You know, so they're much more vulnerable. There's 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 things like that. Um, but yeah, I think you have to cut everything kind of right back. To make, to make I, it scary. But I like the stuff that's just on the land. I like the sad character stuff. But I think you... And I think you. So what, what, what I think you would do then is the, the runtime that you devoted to that sort of thing, you would flesh out the characters of the crew. Because, because honestly, if you'd swapped some of them halfway through, as the same character and just a different actor, I wouldn't have noticed beyond... Oh, I think like I had brown hair. Or vice versa, if one of them dies, another one comes back, and it's the same actor wearing a different hat. Yeah, because even the, the you know there's even the bit where, um, you know they won't, um, whatever the guy that does have brown hair, um, is called, and he um, he's decided he's he's away, so he's going to fuel up his car and go, and they won't give him any fuel. At the petrol station. Um, I, I really hope I'm remembering that correctly, but it seems like happen, a dream. Yeah. Right, okay, but that is done without any kind of real sense of menace. I mean, it's done quite realistically in the sense that, as well as you know, you're not going to get given any fuel, and he goes, "All right, okay, well, it's like that, is it?" And everybody understands what's going on, but in terms of the film, there's no sense of. Uh, menace. It's, it's, there's a sense of sort of mild irritation. That's not, not the same. Well, it's, I don't feel that there's, there should be a sense of menace there because the townsfolk aren't saying, "Oh, if you try and leave, we'll hurt you." Saying, "We're just not. If you're going to try and leave, we're going to put as many obstacles in your way as as we can because you ha- we want you to stay and fix this." Yeah, but it's 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 done so quickly. It that, that it comes across just like, well, 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 what it is, which is well, you can't have this. The use of this petrol pump. Okay, <laughs> like I mean, you, you know what I mean. Like again, it's that thing of yeah. It, it 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 is a good. It's a good plot device, I suppose, or it's a good thing. But the execution of it is not very good, I suppose. Um, one of the crewmen, Novak, is uh, killed by the orca before they can make it back to the shore. And they uh, have a, a whip round mm-hmm. at the funeral. And Nolan talks to the priest. And he asks if it's possible to sin against an animal. Mm. I, like, I like that again. It's, it's this, this weird character stuff that he's, he immediately feels guilty. Yeah, yeah. And he, I, know, he knows he's done a terrible thing. And, he, and he's trying to... He talks to the priest because he he wants absolution because his yeah. conscience is bothering him so much. And, and again, I, I think if you had shown that more that they were part of the fishing community, there's more interaction there. There was, you know, um, 
a proper funeral scene with you know with 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 other fishermen there so that they were they were a known quantity that have messed up and then get sort of ostracized from the group because of the refusal to fix it and then eventually realize to get back into the group they have to fix this even if that you know leads to their death or whatever that would be more so, effective whereas so so nolan would i mean nolan's not a, really an outsider in the town but he's separate because he's he's not a fisherman he's not he doesn't fish to sell the fish for money he catch he he captures live uh, specimens and then sells them on not not for eating but if he was more of a a real insider he was like he was born there or something and he wants to go back home to his ancestral home in Ireland or whatever and he's found this more lucrative way of making money of capturing live specimens yes i mean okay so you could have a you could have a situation where he was a fisherman he was part of this thing the fish stocks are going down or whatever or it's it's very bleak or not not even it doesn't have to be a disaster it could just be a recognition this is a very very hard life and he spots an opportunity at a particular moment and he's not really prepared for it but he spots an opportunity to capture an orca and he thinks well this could be the way out of the current situation and then that goes wrong and then he doesn't try and fit you know you know that's that's a way in i think Whereas if he just starts as, and that's what the introduction to him is, we've got this boat, we're off to capture an orca, and then and and, and you're right, he's, he's in in some sense he's not an outsider, but in terms of the way the film is actually filmed, and the way they 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 interact or don't interact with any other characters, any other fishermen, you know, scenes where they're together with people, it makes him seem like an outsider, because it's. Um, it's not the character, it's it's the actual filmmaking that mm. kind of keeps him isolated in that sense. There's no sense that when, so when he's on the beach that he was, you know, part of the party and is now, has now been pushed out. Or he's having to drink alone on the beach because he's not welcome at the local pub or whatever. You don't get any sense of that. Well, it's, it's mentioned that the orca has already started driving away the fish. Um, and now starts sinking the boats as well. Uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it, but it's also pushed its mate's body up onto the beach, mm. and that uh, that felt very uh, like like it's like it's presenting Nolan with this is what you've done. Yeah, and uh, the and the authorities have to actually make an effort to to to, to haul it away and get rid of it. And Nolan, uh, my notes. Nolan throws a wake that he um, for the uh, for the dead orca, and that he's planning on staying because he's already paid rent. Right. Okay. Yeah. It just you, you see what I mean, though. That, that it's kind of it's it's just a little bit off. Hmm. It just doesn't. Um, yeah, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, his one remaining crewman, Paul, starts seeing a local girl, and that's Bo Derek. Okay, and he's Paul. Okay, he's Paul. He's not just brown yeah. hair guy. He's Paul. No, Novak was the guy who's killed early on, and he was the older salty sea dog type. Yep. Ken is the marine biologist. Yep. Paul is the 
first mate who isn't allowed to use the petrol pump. Yes. And what's the professor called? Rachel Bedford. Rachel Bedford. Who's, we haven't said, is played by Charlotte Rampling. Yes. Um, who remains quite a big name and quite a respectable character actor. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it's kind of fitting in the sense that because she's the professor and she sort of gets involved... Um, that it's okay that she just seems as if she's teleporting in from like another, another movie because it's fine because you know she is a character that, that essentially teleports in from somewhere else. Um, yeah, she's she's in town doing a study for University of Northeastern Canada, whatever it's called. Yeah, what, you know, um, assuming they can read there. I, I, um, I mean, I I do like the bit where she's. I don't know what this normally call her, and then she's just. She's up in bed with uh, full makeup and uh, smoking a cigarette, <laughs> and everybody's smoking all the time. There's, there's a, there was a bit I definitely, I mean, my mind was wandering, I think, but they were on the boat and they're smoking, and there's like a little ashtray sort of affixed to the wall so that it doesn't sort of shake around. And I thought, well, I mean, which is, you know, sensible, I suppose, in one sense. But um, yeah, I think my brain was just trying to get some. Some information into it or something. I don't that's, know. That's that's a little detail of life at sea. Isn't yeah. It? Um, Whereas the bit where he's going to um, uh, blow up the orca with dynamite, um, which I don't think, even if he shouts it, uh, it fits the definition of a depth charge. But uh, she then sort of decides to wrestle with. I mean. It's one of those things of like we we've got to inject some sort of tension or action into this, but oh, we've got an hour of daylight. Let's just do, let's do this really quickly. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, you want to shoot a magic out, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, the orca breaks the fuel pipes and causes the big fire and does the a victory leap in the bay as well with the. Uh, the burning building in the background. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a an exciting visual. Yeah. And the fishermen actually refit Nolan's ship, the Bumpo, without him knowing it, because they're, they're, they're getting him ready to go. So that, right, we've we've packed your bags and we've given you all the food you need. See, now get I, on board and piss off. But see, I think that was actually quite good. I like that bit of it. It's just a small moment, but um, I quite like that, that thing of, it, you know... The, the, even the boat itself, it's 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 kind of been taken out taken out of his hands. In in in, I I I did quite like that 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 thing of, um, you know, ostensibly in some sense it's a. It's a nice thing to do, not but it's not nice. That's not the motivation. But the idea of that you can fix something in a way that makes somebody else feel really. Alienated, and. Uh, threatened I suppose again if it was about somebody who was part of the community you know gets ostracised for what they've done tries to you know pretend he doesn't care and that doesn't work tries to just go on with his normal day to day and that doesn't work and then at some point tries to reject them um, and that doesn't work and they you know fix fix the boat in a threatening manner and set him to work in a, in, in a sense 
that I think that all follows quite naturally. But when you've got somebody that isn't really part of the team to begin with and the way that they're introduced is not as part of the community and the way that they, the community doesn't really feature, I, I think that's where it falls down. Isn't there a scene where uh, Nolan goes down to the dock where he's lured the orca and he actually apologises to it? Yeah, but it it doesn't work because it's not it's not um, it's not a fantasy in that sense. So there's no there's no kind of or there's a fight there between a sort of poetic way of thinking about things and the fact that you know they they can't just resolve it that way and they have to resolve it as an actual animal. Yeah, because Nolan. Nolan needs to, his guilt to, to be assuaged, so the the logical thing to do is to apologise. And he he I think he genuinely means it, but he's also talking to an animal that doesn't speak English. Yeah. So he can't get it's the forgiveness that he needs, and he can't get it, and he and it's it's impossible. He has to confront the the orca in order to have his own guilt assuaged. And expunged. Yeah, but I, because there's no other option. Yes, and I, and I think and I think that's what what's kind of awkward about it because then you're saying, well, I mean, the, the thing that's awkward, I suppose, is that sort of reality crashes into that kind of wistful or poetic way of thinking about it, and that and that means that 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 time where he spent doing that or refusing to kill it, and then other people died and whatever. That was that is on him, but there's no. He's not enough of a tragic kind of um, figure in that sense, because it's complicated by all these other aspects of him, sort of trying to learn a bit more, and sort of being the hero, and having a bit of. Is a he fl- the hero? Well, he's he, he's a protagonist. He's a protagonist, right? But this is a story without heroes. Okay. But but you see what I mean, right? It it's um th- there's no yeah they're sort of keen to present so, so many things of t- as you say taking it seriously and talking about what an orc is like and and uh, you know I don't know because it's it's quite a fairly old film so I don't know maybe some of the stuff they were talking about are you know were the talking points of the time you know whatever the that current research was maybe, maybe it hasn't even advanced any further. I, I, I don't know enough about uh, marine biology, um, but I, I think because that because they're also trying to lean into that. Any of this thing of you know thinking about what the orca thinks, or as you say, apologising to it, or whatever, clashes with that. Um, whereas you could make a sort of. Uh, you can do things kind of, I guess, metaphorically with animals, and you can, you know, uh, you know, you know, do a more of a, a Moby Dick style thing. Whereas, whereas this this sort of falls between two stools, I think. Well, they have never felt bad about what he'd done. I don't think he was very self pitying. That's true, but 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 you know, with with, with Moby Dick, you've got it, they don't just go for a whale, right? There's, it's the white whale, 
and and it's and it's different from the normal whaling things and and it is about the obsession of Ahab and the and and how that sort of destroys them it, it's it's not it's not simultaneously trying to present this as a um not that it was a documentary but a, a sort of um real thing metaphor is much more important and and characterization and sort of theme is much more important in Moby Dick. I don't mean I don't mean more important than the characters or whatever. I just mean more important than in Orca. Than in Orca, yes. Um whereas Orca's got this odd mix of things. Yeah. I mean it might be an unfair comparison to be honest. Yeah, I mean I mean yeah, yeah. Whatever you make it's it's I mean it's quite hard to compare it to to to, to Moby Dick, I guess, but uh, and 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 I think possibly you're right. I mean, Jaws is maybe unfair because they've gone out of the way to try something different. Um, but it's well, even even Peter Benchley regretted the way he'd characterised sharks in Jaws. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and you know, I I think it's kind of acknowledged that it has done sharks tremendous damage, um, kind of worldwide because people do see them as this monster. Um, but I think. You know, um, it's not, it's not the old man in the sea either. It's not, it's not some meditation on what man's up to and things like that. Because, at the, because at the same time, there's all these sort of facts about orcas, and um, as I say, you've been you've been primed that, like most humans, they have a pers- profound instinct for vengeance <laughs> from the beginning. I think we needed to actually see. A human wanting to take revenge because we're that's that's the weird thing we're told all this stuff about orcas which is then paid off in the script but we're also told stuff about human beings which doesn't pay off yeah. because we never see a human take revenge um yeah i guess that's true um i mean uh, the orca does uh, demolish the house on stilts and the um the girlfriend falls out and has her leg bitten off so paul uh, paul wants revenge for that perhaps i yeah doesn't get it though. No, he um, he uh, he gets uh, part of he get, he he gets killed, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, he get, he gets into a lifeboat, but the orca knocks him out and drowns him. Yeah, it, and that's the thing. It's not like um, it's not like it it reinforces each time. Like oh, you know, the people that are motivated by revenge get destroyed by it. It's not a kind of t- dig two graves type of situation either, because because fundamentally at the end they have to go and kill the orca, and that's you know that's the way forward if you like. Well, they um, they set off on their plan to kill the orca. They're joined by uh, Jacob Umelak, who is mm-hmm. a uh, local First Nations uh, expert on killer whales, and. Um, it turns out that uh, Professor Bedford doesn't have much in the way of sea legs, uh, and is, and is very ill. And the orca's swimming off somewhere, and they they're following it. It. Yeah. So it's it's got a plan. But but again, even then, it's not you know another way of doing it would be you could have this crew of hardened fishermen, uh, you know, desperate times, and you could have a naive, an intellectual but naive professor gives them the opportunity 
to make money quickly. So despite some misgivings, they decide to pursue this and it all goes wrong. That, I mean, that would be another way of doing it. Where That's know, the, uh, that Professor Bedford hired uh, Nolan and his crew yeah, and dazzled by the prospect of easy money, they accidentally capture a uh, a pregnant orca and cause the death yeah, of the calf. Yeah, yeah, because because that's a that's a clear sort of um, uh, not motivation. That's not the right word. That, that that's something easy to understand, right? It, it, it kind of narratively, say they got into it for the wrong reasons. They didn't take enough care. Uh, they had the hubris of underestimating things and so the consequences are they're started with their own fault and therefore it is up to them to to try and redeem themselves or to to solve the situation and it, and it would be right for the the local fishing community to reject them because you know Nolan was the Nolan's crew were the only ones willing to take it on or you, you know and it's, that's quite simplistic maybe right so you know so maybe it is a bit sort of screenwriting 101 or, I guess but no, but there's something I think there's something clear there you could have and you could have an interesting clash between you know the the, the I mean, whether it's stereotypical or not the, the fishing community and the academic community and all that sort of stuff i think that would be a much clearer line you get into it fairly fast but you could also start you could still include the island you could start it on the island and then you could move it into being on the water because i mean one of the things about jaws is when they eventually go out I mean that's the other way around, and I've now I've forgotten the the character's name, but the the shark hunting character, Quint. Quint, right? So you've got uh, 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 Chief Brody. It's Brody, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Um, and Quint, and and they're on the boat. So th- there's a point at which Jaws moves into this. Right now we're on the hunt. Now we're in this dangerous territory, and you've you've been primed a million times by that point that the water is dangerous, and this is not their element. Whereas, um, again, it's it, it it's it's just the mechanics of the script for Orca. There's a lot of back and forth and being on land and going back to land and doing something for a bit and then going out and then and so even at the end when they go out into the the you know and they're travelling further north and eventually there's ice and things like that. I had no sense of what's the scale of any of this. How far out are they? How far have they? How long have they been travelling? How long has this whole thing taken? Of the, it's maybe a couple of days, but but you, you know, there's no sense of well, scale or passage of time, I suppose, or mm. some some passage of time. But um, yeah, I think should we just make another one? Should we just make another orca film? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, who who do you want to play? Um, oh, I'll be Charlotte took, Rampling. Took too long. You're playing. You know, took too long. You're playing the orca. I'm playing the orca. <laughs> No, I'll be bored, Eric. I think I'll survive, but I'll get one of my legs. Yes, I was going to say you don't have the leg for it. No. Um, also, I don't remember Bo Derek having a beard. Uh, well, well, um, CGI has come a long way since since then. So, <laughs> but but well, I think yeah. you, no, could, no you could husband. you could make something right. You could make something of of of, the, of I mean, okay. I think I think orcas are a bit. Sort of daft looking because they're they're a bit too dumpy and they're a bit too kind of sort of nice but and they're they're powerful and they can be vicious. I think that's that's a good way. I think of 
characterize and say, oh, well, yeah, it's sort of, yeah, you see them at Sea World and they're just sort of big and they don't look threatening. And then you see it, you know, a couple toying with a seal and then ripping it to shreds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, think, oh, no, th- there's a reason they're called killer whales. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that in the opening four minutes. We won't just have, like, lovely orchestral music as they swim past the camera and sometimes leap out of the water. Ours will start with a four-minute like carnage montage, and then it will go into the local bar. Where no, you have it as uh, the uh, a narrated film, uh, narrated by the Professor Bedford character. Oh yes, yes, that's good. And then, and then at the end of the title sequence, it, it switches off, and it's a film that she's been showing to her class. Yes. Okay, we'll do and that, that then. then. Introduces the whole concept. Introduces. You know, these, these, this is all the stuff you don't know about killer whales that you need to know for the film to make sense. Yeah, and it introduces the character, and then yeah, and then we go to the bar, and she's meeting local fishermen. To say, right, I've got a job. Um, this is this is what I need to do. Who who wants to do it? Yeah, you. I mean, you you could even have uh, you you could even layer in things. Uh, you know, especially environmental stuff if you want, and you and you don't have to invent things about. Well, we don't know what their brains like, and therefore they might be more intelligent than people. You don't need to layer any of that stuff on because what you could have is a situation where they say, "Well, you know, there have been recordings of orcas behaving very violently in an uncharacteristic way. We think it's something to do with pollution or or something like that." So that there is a, an incentive to go and capture this thing, not not just for for. Um, uh, you know, Sea World or whatever. Yeah, it's uh, actually it, serious scientific research. Yeah, and therefore, uh, you know, you could have even the fishermen being not just unwilling to do it because you know they they uh, they don't want to um, because you know they've got jobs to be fishermen, but in the sense of it doesn't mean anything to us or it's not important to us. We don't care about the seals either. We don't we don't fish for them. So it could be the only again you. You're back on track then, where you know you've got a bit more of an environmental message. It'd be quite good. Um, you're not you're not having to ascribe anything to the whales, except that you you've built in your 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 excuse that any of their uncharacteristic behaviour has already been. You've essentially admitted it up front. We've we've had these reports. Something's not right, and therefore, if the the whale is particularly violent or seems smarter than it should be or whatever you, you've built in that excuse already because you, you've, you've said ah. at the start that this, we're not just going for a whale what we're saying is whales in the area something's up it's the old uh, total recall excuse that any of the stuff in total recall that seems convenient or doesn't make sense it's because it's a dream okay or yeah. is it or is it <laughs> yeah yeah but i think i think there's ways to I mean, the thing is, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, so it's it's easy to kind of go through that uh, script and say, well, here's what I would do to to kind of make it better. And I'm not even saying I'm right, not really, but I think it's definitely one of those things where you think just just take some time and go back through the script and check like everybody's doing something that seems consistent with their own character, but in some See, sense realistic. The last third of the film is the the pursuit of the orca and at that point it does feel more like jaws but it it's more of a battle of wits it's almost like, a little bit like um, a naval movie with um, the orca standing in for the enemy submarine 
I, I guess so. And, and you know, and at some point, that's how you have to. Um, I mean, I get well. Okay, I guess another way to end it would be that you could, like, everybody could, everybody could learn to forgive. Um, that's one way of doing it, but it's not particularly satisfying, I don't think. Well, you could do that if it was a submarine movie, um, and the submarine learns to forgive. But um, or an octopus, it's... and at the end, the octopus hugs the the fisherman with his eight arms. That's that's quite a good hug there. Or, or just or just just the one. Octopus or just. Is... Octopuses shake hands. Just a little tap on the shoulder. So it's okay. We're all friends they're now. Friend, they're, they're, they're very friendly creatures. Yeah. They're I, my neighbours. I don't know if you. I don't know if you. Get, do you get many o- o- octopuses in uh, in Newfoundland? Oh, it's lousy with. Them. Is it? Yeah. I have no it's quite idea. Quite cold up there. I mean, I don't think. I don't imagine you get many sharks up there either. To be honest, because of it, because it is so cold. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I, well, I mean, that's. So far, that's maybe the least of the film's um, scientific heresies. Yes, that's true. Um, well, after Ken has his head snipped off, um, there's not many characters left, and um, Nolan says that he'll send for a helicopter to lift Bedford out because he knows that he's going to his death, and he's he's sort of ready for death mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I guess um, so. Yeah, and this this whole section with them going onto the ice, pursuing the creature, it's the ending of Frankenstein, the, of the original um, novel, where where Frankenstein pursues the creature up into um, to, up to the North Pole. Yes, but but he just keeps going and keeps going. It's uh, yeah, you could have you could have something that was much more bleak. And that you don't, there's no, there's no sort of final confrontation. You could have something much more bleak where there's no final confrontation, and you don't have to have a polystyrene um, <laughs> bit of ice that tilts. Um, the, nice, the nice big iceberg. The nice big flat uh, iceberg. The iceberg. The iceberg. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. You, yeah, you could have something much more bleak where where he sets off and you know it, and it keeps on Bedford's uh, I guess point of view and or you could even have it bleak you could even have it kept it the same way um, that it, that plays out but you don't know if the helicopter's coming or or something I mean maybe, well yeah. um, Umalak uh, eventually mutinies against uh, Nolan. And does radio for an SOS, but Nolan also says about the orca that he loved his family more than I loved mine, and that really made me wonder. As as Nolan said, his family was killed by a drunk driver. Was he the drunk driver? Um, I mean, it's never stated flat out one way or the other, but it, I think that's feels like quite a plausible reading. It could be. Um, there's nothing to say that he isn't certainly yeah it's just that he the way he speaks doesn't deny that it was here doesn't he doesn't talk about the drug no, no, at all yeah, yeah, he just yeah. says oh that, that it's like he's separating yeah that the person he was from the person he is mm. now yeah uh yeah that's one way of doing it i mean i mean another way you could have it where the 
you know, he's he's he had previously sought revenge on the drunk diver, maybe killed him, and that's why he uh, not so much travels to, but flees to Newfoundland, and and so it makes a new life, and that could introduce a sort of more inter- a kind of interesting twist, or not twist, but but an interesting aspect to it, whereby he understands that he has wronged the whale and that if the whale is behaving like he did um, towards this other, the, the drunk driver, that the, the whale will inevitably get him. Mm. You know, so it's a bit like the, um, well, it's not quite the same, but, you know, No Country for Old Men. There's a, there's a, there's a kind of, uh, you know, foreboding and there's just this kind of inevitability of death. Mm. The, uh, whale, the whale is nemesis, almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. See that's I mean, the film leaves it ambiguous, but that's that's something it does that I that I find really interesting and engaging. Okay. Um, the the orca pushes a, an iceberg onto the boat. Yep. <laughs> and um, Umalak is killed by some of the ice that falls off it. Yeah. Um, and as the boat sinks, uh, Nolan and Bedford jump onto the uh, the iceberg, but the bit Nolan was on uh, snaps off. Uh, and he winds up, yeah, and uh, he's he's cut off, and uh, the the orca jumps onto the ice floe to get Nolan off it, and then um, swims underneath him, and with its tail flips him up through the air, mm. uh, so that he smashes against the iceberg, and the impact kills him. Yes. Um... Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, and we just and we just see his body slide into the water. Yeah. I mean that the, the bit sort of preceding that was the only bit that I thought, oh yeah, this is kind of bleak in a good way, or makes me it's kind of engaging me because you know once you before you got to that slightly ridiculous bit on the ice floe, but Nolan's on the ice floe itself. There wasn't when the boat is sinking. And you know that an SOS has been made, but you don't know what the results of that are. It's not like they speak to somebody; they just radio for help. There is tension there because you're thinking, like, what's the victory here? You know, because okay, even if Nolan hadn't done what eventually ends up happening and had just shot the orca, you could still have a really kind of bleak ending that they kind of won, in inverted commas but we're now adrift on the ice and you don't and you don't know where the rescue's coming but in fact that doesn't really, that doesn't happen because you then need what they actually do is then have a sort of final confrontation and then you kind of undercut the tension by go don't worry there's a helicopter you can see it there and then it, well we don't we you only see the helicopter coming at the very end i mean a way of doing it perhaps would be as you say, no, Nolan shoots the orca and the orca dies, and the helicopter comes and Bedford climbs inside, but Nolan refuses to leave. Yeah, and he, and the and the and the helicopter just flies away with him, and then receding further and further away. Yeah, on on the ice. And then as Bedford turns to thank the pilot, the it's pilot, an it's an orca. <laughs> <laughs> it's an orca. Just t- turns around in its chair and goes, eh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> or it's a seal. <laughs> these would be... He goes, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, I think that would be a good ending. I think that, that orca killed my family. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean that would undercut some of the seriousness of the yeah, film. But... Yeah, it might change the tone somewhat. Yeah. But um, with, with Nolan choosing to stay behind on the ice, it, it, sort of, it, it gives him a, that victory, but knowing that that was all he had left in his life, there was nothing... The, the, the guilt that he still has, the guilt of killing the whole whale family, mm-hmm. um, he can never escape. Yeah. So he decides to sort of almost stay with it in death. Or, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, there's lots of variations on that. I mean, you can have a thing where, oh, yeah. I mean, it would add some cost to the, the making of the film, but you could have a, a, a sort of a rescue scene at the end where, you know, he helps uh, Bedford up at the cost of, you know, maybe they're both in the water at that point or something like that, and he helps her, you know, be rescued, you know, so he, uh, he's not really doing the saving that, I guess the rescue pilot would be doing the saving, but you know he he gets her on board at the cost mm. of his own life, you know, just the you know just the cold gets him and you know that you know, but he does something good to, you know. Yeah, he should he should choose to to die, mm-hmm. or he, or he you know he lures the orca away, you know, to allow the rescue. Maybe that maybe they're both in the water, or or she's in the water, he's not. But he, uh, you know, lures the orca in the opposite direction so that, you know, she can get out or something like that. I think we should. Is... I think we should make. <laughs> yeah, I know this. This this film we're talking about. It's really compelling stuff. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, can you? I mean, they're, they're never going to remake Jaws. Then that that's never going to be allowed. Not when Deep Blue Sea already exists. What would be the point? Well, yeah, I mean, that's all three. Jaws films rolled into one <laughs> with super intelligent sharks that can swim backwards. Mm. Um, and I want to see a moonwalking shark. Um, but you could, I think, yeah, a remake of Orca with all the improvements that we've suggested, I think, would be a really engaging, compelling story. Uh, a, a, a really interesting character drama. Uh, a, a tale of uh, survival in the the hardy parts of the world, and the film that we actually have is, I think, a really good blueprint <laughs> for what could be a really great film. I mean, uh, my notes at the end say that it's it's a tragedy rather than an adventure, thematically rich and greater than Jaws? Question mark. I mean, no, I, it's not a greater film than Jaws. I. I think I prefer this to Jaws. I've never been a big fan of Jaws, and I prefer the I prefer the first half where they're on the land. I, I find that much more interesting and, and engaging. I, I, I mean, but I but this the stuff on the water, I find much more compelling than the equivalent sequences in Jaws. Okay. I mean, I think because in Jaws, because in Jaws they're fighting a monster, and in this they're fighting a an intelligent reasoning creature. Okay, I still think that's mad, but you you can't deny that Jaws is better directed, right? And the cinematography is better. And yeah, yeah, 
but the, the framing not, of things is better, right? It's not as emotionally engaging as Orca, and that's what really matters to me. I mean, you can you could say the same thing. Well, not quite the same thing, but about all the you know Transformers movies with their incoherent stories and 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 visual effects all over the place. Um, they're very well made as as um, as technical exercises, and although Steven Spielberg you know, is a is a great storyteller and has made absolutely amazing films, obviously. Um, I I wouldn't count Jaws as being one of his better ones. It's technically really well done, and it's it's a roller coaster. Mm. But it's only a roller coaster. This is actual drama. I think. <laughs> Agree to disagree, but I okay. no, I respect okay. your reasoning. I, mean, I respect I mean, your reasoning. I mean, so it's the same as before as arguing about which Tron film is better, but. Um, I, yeah, I think Orca is a really great first draft of what could have been a, a really superb film, and I think that we've, between us, cracked it, and we should sell our concept immediately. Agreed. Preferably to an oceanologist. Yes. Um, because uh, they seem to spend money like water. Thanks to Ed for making time for this recording. Cinema Limbo is on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Acast, with over 110 episodes available, so please download, review, and subscribe. We're also on YouTube, on Twitter, at cinema underscore limbo, and Podnose is also on Patreon, so please pop up any in the box to help us with our running costs. However, until next time, I am your drunk driver! Cinema Limbo, hosted and produced by Jeremy Phillips, with editing and music by Philip Alderman. Cinema Limbo is part of the Podnose Podcasting Network, so please visit us at www.podnose.com. Thank you.